Are you in search of excellence? Our guest today wrote the book on it, and he's here with some brilliant and often bracing advice. Hello, and welcome to the 1320 Podcast, the show designed to give you the most value in the least time. I'm your host, Daniel Pink. In each episode, I choose one great book, ask its author three key questions, and get you on your way with big ideas and action items in under 20 minutes. The 1320 Podcast. You're listening to this podcast because you care about learning and developing, and also, well, because HubSpot created it. If you want more great education to grow in your career, check out HubSpot's free online courses at hubspot.com learn. Let's dive right in. Today's book is The Excellence Dividend, Meeting the Tech Tide with Work That Wows and Jobs That Last. The author is Tom Peters, one of the most influential management thinkers of all time. Indeed, every book that's been on this program, heck, every book that I've written myself, stands on Tom's shoulders. In 1982, he and Bob Waterman wrote In Search of Excellence. Now, you need to understand what a landmark that book was. Before then, most business books, the kind of books we talk about here on 1320, were dry and technical, almost like a textbook. But Peters and Waterman took a different approach. They wrote a book about business that people actually wanted to read. And not just corporate executives, but teachers, principals, rabbis, ministers, physicians, nurses, everyone. Imagine that, a book about leadership and management that didn't induce a mild coma. And that led the way for business books as we know them. And Tom himself went on to write several more, too many to list here. He's been called the Red Bull of management thinking, a human exclamation point. And the New Yorker says, and I'm quoting, in no small measure, American corporations have become what Peters encouraged them to be. Tom Peters, welcome to the 1320 podcast. Dan, it's great pleasure to be here, as always. Now, congrats on the book, The Excellence Dividend. I furiously underlined and dog-eared just about every page. But for those who haven't yet read the book, let me begin as we always do. Tom, what's the big idea? What's the big idea in The Excellence Dividend? Okay. First of all, I'm going to go off off script or whatever, as I always do, Dan. Uh, You know, you said some nice things about In Search of Excellence. I don't even know whether you know this story. The secret to the success of In Search of Excellence was the week that it came out, I had a personal line to President Reagan, and I called him and I said, President Reagan, it would be really nice if you would announce 10% unemployment for the first time (laughs) since the Great Depression. Uh And he did, and the business books came up to the front of the bookstore, and the next thing we knew, people were buying them. Well, you know what, Tom? Let's stick on that for a second, because the era era that that In Search of Excellence came out was the era when we did have 10% unemployment in this country, and there was this notion out there that Japan was going to eat our lunch. And you came in and said, in In Search of Excellence, you and Waterman came in and said something else. Yeah, I mean, basically, there was a spate of books, such as The Art of Japanese Management, Theory Z, and de facto, they said, get thine children into school and teach them Japanese. And what Bob and I said was, we said, all of the bad things that people have said about American corporations are correct, comma. 
But there is, and I think this is a biblical term, actually, there is a saving remnant. Hmm. There are people hither, thither, and yon (laughs) who are really doing it right. Now, fast forward 35 years to the Excellence Dividend, your new book. So what's the big idea there, Tom? What's the big idea in this book? The one big idea is laughable. (laughs) <laughs> the one big idea is, well, it is. It's people first. What the hell else is there in the world? You know, we act as though people first was some incredible breakthrough idea, but businesses consist of people, and those people are serving people. And I know all about the technology stuff, and I know all about the shareholder value stuff, as do you. I mean, I have this little image that, that I talk to people. I live in the Boston area now, and Bill Belichick, calls me in to assess the Patriots organization, gives me a jillion dollars. After a 30-day assessment, I sit down and he said, well, Tom, what have you found? And I said, well, coach, it seems to me that your players are a very important part of this team. You know, and so he throws one of his 23 Super Bowl uh, <laughs> whatever's at me. But, but you know, you if you were talking people first to you know a ballet director an opera director a theater director a football director a basketball coach at Villanova they'd laugh you out of the room uh, but you know we said people are most important and i'm saying you know i know that i'm supposed to be here selling my book I'm saying the same damn thing to a significant degree with with several twists that I did 35 years ago, and it's because not your listeners, they are all enlightened, but it's because people still haven't implemented it. The basis of this book is a massive 4,000-slide PowerPoint deck with 200,000 words of annotation. But, Tom, you paid careful attention to your very first slide in that deck. What did you choose? I took it from the inimitable Richard Branson and the line, which I just adore, business has to give people enriching, rewarding lives, or it is simply not worth doing. And that is biblical to me, Dan. Let's, st- let's stop there. And I want to pick up, Tom, on your idea of, of biblical, because I think that your big idea here, people first, even though you've been shouting it at the top of your lungs for a couple, few decades now, is, is, is actually a big idea, is important. I want to read something that you, you wrote in the book and then have you comment on it. You write, your principal moral obligation, I want to underscore that line, moral obligation as a leader is to develop the skill set of every one of the people in your charge, temporary as well as semi-permanent, to the maximum extent of your abilities and consistent with their revolutionary needs in the years ahead. So you're saying, you use the word biblical in your comment, now in your text you're using the word moral obligation. Talk about that. Is there this deep moral obligation, this this uh, this ethical obligation to develop people and put people first? Business is about people. Mihai Cheek sent Mihai wrote a book called Good Business, and he said the role of business collectively, which after all is where most of our citizens spend their days. Listen to this: is to increase the quote sum total of human well-being, unquote. And so in 2018, with this tech tide, with AI, whether it's five years or 20 years, uh, rolling over us, 
business ought to make a profit because you have to to stay in business, but every business leader does, in my opinion, first and foremost, have a totally moral, call it religious, call it capitalist, I don't give a damn what you call it, a moral responsibility to develop their people. So what does that role mean exactly? One of my favorite quotes in the book comes from the late Robert Altman, movie director, and I was had a paper and pencil. This was 15 years ago, writing it down when he gave his acceptance speech for the Lifetime Oscar. And he said, the role of the director is to create a context in which people can be better than they have ever been hmm. before, mm-hmm. better than they have even dreamed of being. That's the management job. So what we know is that is is people first. We know that there's a moral obligation to treat people well. And by that, it means all people in your organization. I think this next the second question we always ask, I think the answer is pretty self-evident, but let me lay it on you, which is this. Uh, why should I care? The simple answer is you should care because of our little discussion about the moral obligation. Management is the greatest opportunity anybody ever has. Because just like the great second grade teacher, think about it, Dan, over a 25-year career, a really fabulous second grade teacher can probably get 3,000 or 2,000 or 900 people really off to a great start. And you can do that with seven-year-olds. My mother did it with 10-year-olds in Pasadena, Maryland, in in very lower middle-class community. And any manager has that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the next question here. We, We know that we should put people at the center of our efforts. We have a moral obligation to do that. We know that it's satisfying to do that. We know that it benefits the bottom line to do that. So what specifically should we do? Your book covers many, many areas. You talk about execution. You talk about innovation. You talk about leadership. You talk about training. I want to quote back five pieces of advice that you give. Let's start with this. You write, excellence is the next five minutes. What do you mean by that? What I mean is You say the word excellence, I think, and you think of a mountain to climb uh, or you think of a great aspiration. And, you know, I'm not much of a Buddhist or much of a meditator, but literally you, I, the manager, lives life one minute at a time. You know, I give some examples and I say excellence is the next one minute and 17 second chance conversation in the hall as you walk out of a meeting. You know, what's your demeanor? What's your body language? What do you talk about? How do you make it a better day for the person you're talking to? And, and you know, I've, I've even honed it. I'm, I'm really, it's horrible to be happy with anything you say, uh, but I've really honed it. And my, my new version of that is excellence is your next email. Nice. Honest to God, and you tell me whether you agree or not, Dan, in a five-line email, you reveal every single important element of your personality and view of life. You know, does it have, is it a little positive? Is it a little energetic? Is it a little thoughtful? Uh, or is it, you know, get over to the office in 10 minutes, crap. Yep. But, but you give it away in five lines. You know, I really believe that I could do... Uh, 10-week shrink session with somebody 
based on a five-line email. Yeah, and, and I really think there's a really brilliant takeaway here for our listeners, which is that excellence is not an abstract concept. Excellence is a concrete concept, and excellence really is what you do next, whether it's that hallway conversation or the next email you send. Another takeaway that you have is this idea that execution and strategy are not separate things, but execution is strategy. And to pay that off, you quote General Omar Bradley, who is the commander of American troops on D-Day, who said, quote, amateurs talk about strategy, professionals talk about logistics. The essence of strategic success landing on the beaches at, in France is whether the ammunition was waiting when they got there, mm. whether the tanks were waiting. You know, any idiot can draw up a plan. But the question is, at the fourth level, did you get the details right? Again, execution is strategy. Absolutely. Let's go to a third takeaway. You hopscotch from World War II General Omar Bradley to contemporary writer, one of my favorites, Anne Lamont, who wrote the great book Bird by Bird. And you offer her advice, which is really simple and blunt, which is butt in chair. What do you do when you're stuck? You sit in the chair and you write. And most of what you write is crap. And you look at it and it's crap. Then you put your butt back in the chair and you write some more and you write your way out of your mess. But you write. You don't go out and climb to a mountaintop and look for God to deliver the next paragraph. You just keep writing until something snaps into place. You also give this advice, which is you render in a characteristically inscrutable parade of consonants, W-T-T-M-S-W. What the heck does that mean? Well, it means whoever tries the most stuff wins. I call it the only thing I've learned for sure. Whoever tries the most stuff wins wins. It's all about getting out there and doing something. And then the one which fortunately you didn't read is the (laughs) one that has about 15 more letters. And my enhanced version is whoever tries the most stuff and screws the most stuff up the fastest wins. Yeah. There was a, a, a uh, an Aussie successful businessman who attended a seminar of mine in Sydney in years ago, and he said, my whole life's success is based on six words, and the six words were, are reward, excellent failures, punish mediocre successes. Brilliant. And you know, and the first time I ever used that, it was with a big insurance company. The CEO came up to me afterwards, and he says, a pretty good speech, but it was worth the price of admission for that because he said, we start these damn projects. We fund the living bejesus out of them. They get more and more complicated. We get them done in two years, and what is their impact? Yawn. He said, they are absolutely, he said, mediocre success is the best term I think I've learned in years. A final takeaway. I'm going to quote you back, Tom. You have an equation here. You equal your calendar. What do you mean? The only asset that you and I have is the way we spend our time. And, you know, it's as obvious as the end of your nose, but we don't necessarily think that way. And in particular, where it's important is your big deal for the next year and a half is improve quality. Let's just say that for the heck of it. 
You say improving quality is the most important thing that you have to do over the next two years. I look at your calendar. I put it under a micrometer, and I find that you have spent on quality in the last two weeks 35 minutes. Mm. You're not interested in quality. I mean, you're, you're doing your job. You've dealt with this personnel problem. You've dealt with that quality problem. You're not not doing your job, but you you want this quality revolution, and you haven't spent time on it. And the point is that all of the seven or 777 people who work for you are watching you like a hawk. You know, Dan says quality is important, but have you seen what he's doing? Let's recap these five pieces of advice. One, excellence is the next five minutes. Two, amateurs talk strategy, professionals talk logistics. Three, butt in chair. Four, whoever tries the most stuff wins. Five, you are your calendar. You've been saying this stuff for a long time, Tom, haven't you? You know, this stuff is stuff that never gets old. And and again, the really important point is it was... To the extent that there's overlap with the earlier work, which there is, I think that these were good ideas that would have helped you in the past. I think that these things are survival necessities today. And that's really the whole damn reason that I wrote the book. You know, it's like, quit screwing around with me. I told you people were important. You didn't pay a damn bit of attention 25 years ago. Now it's, you know, do or die. And then that other one, which we always have to emphasize in this conversation, moral responsibility, moral responsibility. Management is not for, uh, you know, the weak of heart or whatever the right term is. But moral responsibility is a wonderful thing to have. You know, parenting can be a royal pain in the ass, but God, what an incredible experience it is. And what is it? It is a moral responsibility. Some great advice, both on the big picture, on the specific tactics from Tom Peters. He is the author of The Excellence Dividend, Meeting the Tech Tide with Work That Wows and Jobs That Last. This book is a terrific book, and as I mentioned at the top of the program, pretty much all business books today stand on the shoulders of the work of Tom Peters and Bob Waterman. I'm reminded, I'm going to quote, I'm going to offer up a quotation to end because Tom is the maestro of quotations. But Dizzy Gillespie once said about Louis Armstrong, a lovely quotation. He says, and I'm quoting now, know him, know me. And that's how I feel about Tom Peters. Know him, know me, know none of us who write up business books. Tom, thanks for being on the 1320 podcast. Dan, it's an absolute pleasure in general. Thank you for what you have done for all of us. Thanks for listening to the 1320 Podcast. If you want more great education to grow in your career, check out HubSpot's free online courses at hubspot.com slash learn. And if you enjoy this podcast, please rate it and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you leave your ratings and reviews.